my friends, and welcome to another sunny day. Hello. Nigel, Lana. I was just looking out the window and just saying, yeah, it is sunny. It's nice. But then I realised, who cares? And also, how would you know if I was lying anyway? Interesting medium. Interesting. Now, saw a guy retire the other day. Um, He did okay, considering. um, But he retired and having a discussion about what, what was it that got him through 40 years of building a business. And the discussion inevitably turned to how do you know that your business isn't crap? So how do you know when you're not persisting and pushing through and doing all the things but actually it's just a poor business? That's a big question. It's a big question. Well, he's retiring so he's got to what does he get now? He's got some money, he's going to retire. I'm not saying that being locked inside is the perfect start to the retirement but the conversation was very interesting which is all of us are told to push through, find a way, whatever it takes, hustle. How do you actually know that you just don't have a really bad business and you should not be investing your time, energy and life into it which might be a very frightening thought. You're looking funny at me, Lana, like just something nice and light to start off today's (laughs) podcast. (laughs) <laughs> ah, this is this is just the big question. Well, so what do you think? Well, because I've got a very strong opinion on this and this Shocker. is... Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously I want to talk about... All right, maybe I'll lead. Maybe I'll tee off here from the um, black tees to start with. There's nothing... No business is bad. The problem is the person who owns the business wanting to do what they originally set out to do rather than adapting to the market, to the customers, to whatever it is or adhering to the outcomes that the business is producing. My biggest sadness of business owners is watching people that have done this for 10, 20 years and they're still trying to fix the same problems that they've had for five months in and it's now 20 years later and they're not really that much progressed and they're not really that much better business they're bigger because inflationary pressures will do that if as long as you stay active you're probably going to be making more money but in relative terms of they haven't really found a way to over a 20-year period to exponentially grow or put in place the things to be bigger now i just want to again Let's put, the, let's put the caveat in here. Some people being self-employed, if they've sustained a wage that they've been happy with for 20 years, I'm going to be the first one to high-five you and go, well done. Like, that's great. You're self-employed. You've managed to do it. That's a great achievement. We're talking about, in this case, people who are growing a business. They actually want to build an asset, want to build a company that grows. But there's, a, there's this, I guess, um, cross-section of the business or the SME world that people are proud. I've been in business for 20 years. I know what I'm doing. I go, in 20 years, if you haven't sort of exponentially grown your business 10 times, you know, are you really growing a business or are you just growing in general? You know, what, what is, how do you know it's actually been a successful business? It's still successful for you personally and I get that, but I think we should talk about this because there'd be a lot of people right now that do a lot of the grind stuff you need to do when you're, you're, self-invested and not a lot of results come quickly 
because that's naturally you're putting in the foundations, you're experimenting, you're finding the right market fit, you're doing all these things. But how do you know you're just not missing it? And because you're listening to all the messages of just keep going, but actually you shouldn't be keep going. Worst advice ever as someone who's yeah. done it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I did it. I mean, as I said, I publicly stated this, I reckon I lost my 20s with that type of mindset that I'll keep pushing through. And because I needed to put some caveats on the pushing through, which was, but what are my stop losses? If I'm not making this by then, then I stop. If I'm not got my company to do this by then, then I should not do it. If this product hasn't worked by then, don't do it. Because people who are generally positively inclined will just keep going forever. But at some stage, you actually have to look at it and go, is my full-time work or full-time effort and all my thoughts, resources and capital being in this, should I be getting a better return? And we're really talking about investment here. This is your most expensive investment of all time, your life. So I want to talk about this in a little bit of detail because I think this is probably deep down a lot of fear that most of our listeners are probably having about their companies, their new companies, their established companies is, should I actually be doing something else? Lana... We've been in business for now, geez, nearly 10 years um, together. What are, the, what are the things that you think are important to constantly take stock of but not allow them to completely, I guess, drive you from a point of view of where you should be investing your life in your business career? Cool. Um, so two sides of that. One is obviously, as you've mentioned, the personal. If you don't want to grow the business, you just want to be self-employed or have a smallish business, awesome, power to you. That is your measurement. If you can maintain, then you're fine. Yeah. So you should set though what what you should be earning from that being yeah. lifestyle versus income. If you can balance that out, that's yeah. do it for 20 years, do it for 50 years, yeah. like all, all power to you. You've won. Yeah. If, as you mentioned, you want to grow – you have to look at the personal versus the professional. So obviously you need to be growing year on year, if not quarter on quarter. And in terms, I mean, if your revenue needs to be growing, you need to have already planned out um, the next, I'd say, well, 12 months to three years. I wouldn't go five, I'd go three. In terms of when are you going to not have the same profit? Because are you reinvesting into things? So are you purposefully taking losses in order to grow the business. So I'm just going to correct the language. Definitely not uh, – it's funny, we're pretty brutal like that because we call it taking losses. Capital investment back into your company. <laughs> cause, cause, it's uh, you a know. fucking loss. You've made the decision. <laughs> but, it's fine. But it's, it's an important pass for all, all us that are self-funding our companies. You're probably not going to have any company profit for a few years because we're trying to rapidly you should be reinvesting in your company if you've got ambition to grow because where else is the growth capital going to come from it'll be too slow otherwise yeah yep um you need to be looking at the team around you so you need to be looking at what are those the people that are the nice to have the people who are going to be propelling you forward um the people who are going to be there regardless and that discussion in my opinion needs to be had they need to know their position so that they know what their future is. Because if you're going to grow to an IPO, you know, yep. that's that one exit be, option. Yep. That could be the dream for someone. Yep. What does that actually look like? However, yeah, just for those in SMEs, IPO is an initial public offering. So when you publicly list your company, so it's, a, it's an exit strategy or a growth strategy, depending on what 
you're doing with your company. Yep. Yep. Um, so that they are aware of where the business is going. However, there's no promise to them. Unless you're a bigger company like a Silicon sure. Valley where you bring people in and they get stock options. It's more so that the team around you can understand what you're building yep. so that they can buy in to that particular dream. Yep. Then you have to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. And this is for me, how do you know if your business is viable? You're listening to people who have done it before. And it can be if you're, I don't know, I'm a digital agency, the people who I look to are investors. They're investment um, specialists who have worked at the big firms. I listen to them more than I listen to other people who run digital agencies because they know, they've seen it all before. So I, I went out and sought professionals outside of my scope who could give me more information. And based on that idea and their knowledge, I tweak my businesses. Yeah. And I, and I think that's really important because there's a there's a, a nuance there that I think you've described and I just want to, if you don't mind, oh, delve into. It's what is a company? And it's getting back to that um, discussion when you first start. A lot of people want to start a business because they just don't want to work for someone. So that's basically the only reason. I don't want to work for someone so my option is start a business and you either become self-employed and then more successful self-employed people generally then start to turn it into a business and you almost – there's a lot of people who've been very successful in business that have basically been thrust into it from self-employment and have got some momentum and just grown, 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 learned, grown, grown, grown. That's one type. Yeah, There are others that are actively um, starting a business because they see an opportunity in the market and they want to fill that opportunity really quickly so they approach it another way. They might get investors, they might um, put a business plan together and come forward and they actually want to grow a business from the first day which is they've got no intention of doing the actual work in it they're actually just bringing in all the parts to grow a business the question to filter out where you're at is what would you do tomorrow if you sold your company for an amount that was fair not life-changing where you didn't have to work again what if you just sold it tomorrow to be fair would you go and do something else or would you have now no um, career because actually you're a technician that's running that type of business. You're not actually a business builder. There's nothing wrong with either because it doesn't mean you can't start a, a thing again or do stuff like that. But you actually have to know where you're at. And you have to, as Lana said, you sort out people who are better with finance, not finance as in reading a profit and loss, using financial mechanisms to fast track the growth of a business. That's a whole different skill. That's financial people actually understanding how they would look at Lana's business at the time from a completely different investment growth point of view, not a let's borrow let's borrow or let's get some money in so we can then employ a BDM. That's that's just borrowing money. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is investment because you're investing in it. But if the bank gave you that money, you still you still got a return. You're just selling a part of your equity. So. It's really important because most people, particularly in the SME space, are not even aware why they're in this business because I just want to build it and sell it and go, great, what would you do afterwards? Uh, Well, I'd get so much money I wouldn't have to work again. I go, okay, so you just haven't thought about it and I've hit a nerve, sorry. But these are the things you have to think about in terms of this whole process, which is, is my business viable? Well, what would happen if you didn't have it tomorrow? Um, A big question that always has to be asked is what happens to my business without me? 
that yep. is a huge question about the viability of a business is if you can't take a holiday, your business isn't particularly viable for a sale right now. Yeah, and that's not a criticism. It no. just might be the time you've been no. in that business. Yeah, And this is all coming from personal experience. So anyone who doesn't like what I'm saying, come at me. We can have this chat. This is solely my Do experience. Do not come at Lana. <laughs> She's just giving you an opinion. You don't need to be sensitive about it. And if you want to test it out, go take a holiday next week for two weeks and see how business is. Don't come at anyone. Good chats. Yeah. Um, and so, do not understand how the internet works, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? They can comment below. Um, <laughs> but, and again, this is all based on experience, is I went to investors, could not take a holiday, fixed my business and was able to take four weeks off towards the end of what was an investment process because yep. I built the business to be viable without me. And that's just one example of viability of a business. When you get into things like product market fit and the ideas that you've got, it's always an interesting one because, as Tim said, not only is there no bad business, also businesses are not particularly unique and special. And a lot of business owners can get really, I guess, uh, sucked into this idea that their business is different. And so not only should it be worth more, but if someone doesn't value it the way that they do, then they just don't get it. Well sorry but tell me how your business is different and I mean this with me is I have a digital agency how am I different to all the other agencies out there and so it's actually understanding this point is when you realize that you are the problem and the solution and your business isn't necessarily that that special it's when you really have this opportunity to make your business viable because you become so less precious over it yeah that you can develop into something that's really Solid and stable but also adds that value that is what makes a business viable. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. And oh, it's, thanks, Tim. Well, you're bound to get something right, Lana, so that's good. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> but it's really um, – I, I was thinking back when you know, we owned very early on when I started my first dish businesses because I had a few more before then but they weren't real when we had the gyms and I was remembering when we ran our first boot camp and we – I remember it took us a week to sell the boot camp. We made more profit in that month than the whole business had made in six months. And we used the profit to invest it back into the core business. <laughs> I was like, because like, we were like young then and it was inexperienced. And you just sit back and you look at those silly things you do and you, you're like, that's the pivot point where that whole, we should have cut down the core business. We should have said, you know what? There's more interest in other things. Maybe there's a better way of making money. But we were so driven by this is what we're building so it has to be reinvested that you miss opportunities that come up. So in our company now, you've got all these opportunities that come up. You have to evaluate whether the core business is the right business. I mean, you, everyone's heard the stories or hopefully have heard the stories that once upon a time, you know, Nokia was a gumboot factory. You know, they were rubber and then they obviously got some investment bankers around and they started going to some digital electronics and at one stage up until Apple destroyed them, they were the mobile phone powerhouse of the world. And But at one stage they weren't. They were a, a rubber manufacturer and doing and things like that. You can read about it online. But it's it's about understanding wherever you are right now, most businesses only die if they run out of money and don't have access to any other or the leader is too stubborn to look at where the market's going or what should or shouldn't be done and doesn't give the business enough time to adjust. 
Because at the end of the day, we're talking about am I trying to build what I want to build or am I trying to be a business person which is finding problems that need solving and solving them with my business and the transaction of that is profit, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're someone who gets offended, I'll say easily in talking marks, business probably ain't the place for you to be because you have to listen to the people around you, what the consumers are saying, what the clients are saying so that you can keep moving your business forward. And if you think that you are always right or if you believe that your idea is the best idea that the world has had, you're not going to be as open to outside forces. Also, you have to know how to, and Tim is very good at this, say, well, that's a really great opinion but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because my gut, my plan, my strategy, I know that there's something bigger that I'm building. My chips, my role. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but it's it's true. At the end of the day, there's there's times where everyone's going to have an opinion. I guess this is where the balance is between people telling you that you're not in a successful business but understanding it from a what needs to happen right now so it's going to look like we're misunderstood for a, long, a lot of time by people outside the inner circle because what we're really building and that happens a lot. But the problem you have to – you have to solve is how do you be brutally honest with yourself to make sure that you're on track for what it needs to be doing even if it's it's not about making money every quarter it's about what are we building here and how do I know that I'm not kidding myself or that I'm breaking my own rules and this is with a hard bit because it's a self-discipline like because I'm, I'm probably a bit notorious like that I'm like that's a really great opinion now get back to your job now it's not that it's the opinion's not valid it is I'm clear on what, where I want to roll the dice at the moment and I haven't seen enough evidence to change that. It could be any business decision. It doesn't mean there's not validity in everyone else's opinion. There is a place for all that. But as a leader, you have to have the strength to be able to say yes and no and stick to what you need to do. But the hardest bit is cross-checking yourself and going, but why am I thinking like that? And I think, I mean, there's some great stuff written by Ray Dalio at the moment and he, and he says that, you know, we read through his experience but he talks about how do you know when you're wrong because to me that's a haunting question it's something you know ever sort of reading about his experience and and contemplating it myself which is how do I know when I'm wrong because a lot of us are egomaniacs in terms of we're leading a company for a reason we want to be leader we want to take the company somewhere and we want to build something and we get that you know things are starting to go well so we get that little confidence in the way we're behaving and we we've got to work out where do we where do we have in place the things that we're going to know when they're not right so we don't wipe ourselves out overnight and that was that's to my point of egotistical you do have to have that ability to be okay with being wrong and I had an experience in the past when I realized that um, people that I thought I was on the same team as when they they did not have the ability to admit when they were wrong, I I couldn't I couldn't be on the same page as them because it was everyone else's problem as opposed to their chance to show the solution. And again, it sounds simple and it sounds almost petty, but if your business is to be viable, the opportunity to be wrong means that you're going to get to right so much faster. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're not, isn't that the old saying too, Lana? If you if you find yourself constantly winning, play a bigger game. 
if you're the smartest person in the room, you're yeah. in the wrong room. Exactly. <laughs> and it's all these little things because um, finding that out and really working out. So for, for an SME that might be new to this, that's the bit that I think was the hardest personally is when you're new to it, you know no different and you don't know am I just trying to quit or am I actually making a smart decision? And there's been a couple of businesses that I, were in, I was in for too long because I wanted to make them work as opposed to investing that time and capital in something else would have been a lot faster. And there is nothing anyone could have said at that time and I know that because everyone was telling me this, you need to make changes, you need to do this and I just wouldn't listen. But in saying that in hindsight at the time, I needed to learn those lessons. So frankly, I didn't make the wrong decision. I just would have preferred a better financial outcome. But the one thing I didn't do was blame anyone. And the one thing I did do is to take absolute responsibility for all my decisions. Yes, I'm upset personally that I could have come out of my 20s much more financially stable. That that would have been nice to have but in hindsight I wouldn't have changed it anyway so it's a, it's a stupid thought to even have. So, But it would have been nice. Listen, I much would have preferred having a Ferrari in my <laughs> late 20s um, but that didn't happen. Instead, I found myself with the debt of a Ferrari. <laughs> because, <laughs> But in saying that, they're the things you learn around taking the knocks. I think if you don't take your knocks early on, you don't want to get wiped out. Not that you can't recover because anyone who's listening to this that might have just taken a big knock in their middle age or, or later, get back on the horse. It's always faster when you've done it. But I'm very appreciative of the pain during that period because it makes you stronger and now when you're doing things that are probably for higher stakes, even though you know, I've got a feeling that it's all just stakes. It's not <laughs> higher or lower. It's just decisions. But you need to have that conditioning. But if you're someone who's an SME that doesn't know if they're just wasting their time with a business, cross-check yourself. Ask yourself the questions. How would, well, how would you talk to yourself right now looking into it? What am I expecting from this? What are my timelines? What are the things that I need to happen by a certain time? And are they reasonable as well? Because the other thing is, all us entrepreneurial types are very positive. <laughs> By next week, I'm going to have my jet. Okay. <laughs> is that really reasonable? And it's not saying no to the goal. It's around what are the steps that need to happen right now in order to get that, not the actual outcome. Because if you can see progress and you see where it's leading and you can see the things falling into place that are going to create that situation, everything else becomes a lot easier when it's harder and you, you're short of cash flow and you need to do these things. The must. Yeah. Just as you've been talking, I've had a bit of a an epiphany. Oh, well, well credit that to me then. <laughs> it actually is. And the epiphany <laughs> is... So just say that again, love? Uh, no, <laughs> Nigel's got it recorded. Um, I've realised where Tim and I have our biggest blow-ups. We have blow-ups? No, well, what <laughs> Sorry, I would that I'm aware of. <laughs> Fair and reasonable. <laughs> you and I are very lucky that we have each other, that we think a similar way. We're also very lucky that we can tell each other things that other business partners, friends, whatever it is, cannot say. Yep. Our biggest blow-ups, and I use that term really dramatically because we – don't really fight but is when we call each other out on the thinking that 
we believe as individuals is correct but is actually incongruent with what the other person has seen. Yeah, it's a, it's a good epiphany. That's a great epiphany. Oh, who needs a therapist? <laughs> I'm right here, kid. Start a podcast. So if I'm thinking my business, actually this is exactly what happened. Oh, my God. My business is viable and Tim says, no, it's not for these five reasons. <laughs> How did I know I was going to be on this side of the ledger? <laughs> You have to change your business for these reasons. Yeah. And that's what we, I'm going to say discuss, that's what we actually talk about and that's how we come around to this is now the new direction of the business because we have someone seeing the same situation, the same day-to-days, the same people but from a different point of view and obviously you and I come at things from completely different ends. Yeah. And that's where we have our biggest discussions. Absolutely. I think it's um, the one of the hardest parts of running a performance business particularly because we've experienced the ups and downs and the, um, even prior to you I experienced a few downs in a row. I know. <laughs> but um, not just personally. Um, <laughs> but in, a con- in this consulting, so we, as those of you who probably already Googled us in some way know that we run a performance consultancy, that when things are avoided, the person will never know unless they've experienced it, the pain that they've avoided and actually attaching a value to that. And so deep down I know there's been some decisions made with clients that have potentially saved their whole economic future for a decade and they are completely ignorant to that experience because they won't ever feel it because of it. And it's such a funny thing to experience because... How do, you, how do you explain to someone what they've avoided? It's like how would you explain to someone you've just avoided a car crash where you lost your arm? Like it's not real and it, it never will be because you haven't felt it. And when I'm talking about the things that happened in my 20s, you're so sensitive to what it feels like to actually lose everything a few times in a row, to actually have these experiences. And then when you help people through them, without that frame of reference – it was like, oh yeah, that was all right. So what's next? And it's it's such an interesting, um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting topic actually because you realise that's actually half the issue when we're running our own businesses is it equally works when things are happy. Not just what happens if you stop today and start it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Would you be worse off? And that's a big conversation for people because once you lose the fear of not having your business that you can do something else you pretty much know that you're okay because yeah. I think that's the thing we've got. We know that if we weren't doing this today, tomorrow we could be in one of another hundred things mm-hmm. and you find a way to make it work because it's the fundamental thinking that shifted, not the, the actual yeah. business. Yeah, Amazing. Mm. Oh, such a great so. epiphany about myself. Good, good. You should write a book. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you, though, that this is not helping, that you're sitting there going, yeah, but I'm really stressed because I've got to make ends meet. I don't have anything else to fall back on. I've put all my heart and soul into this. You need to stop and breathe and you need to work out, regardless of putting your heart and soul into it, that's irrelevant. That is commentary from the sidelines because everyone else says you work so hard, don't be proud of that. You should be working hard. That's life. Get the most you can out of it but we get so caught up into how the world now perceives us as the working hard business owner trying to grow their dream that we start taking on some of that stuff. All you need to be thinking of, is this the best use of my time and resources right now to get me where I want to go? 
And if I don't know, by when will I know? Because I've dreaded changing things at some stage. I've walked out and go, oh, my God, all the effort and money I put into that and it was just a waste. I could have been better doing nothing, going to a tropical island and I still would have been better off. But it doesn't work like that because you need that frame of reference and the point and the working and you need to take those skills to get you on to the next thing. And I think this is for a lot of you that are working really hard and you haven't quite got the fruits of your labour just yet or your energy and your effort. Don't lose heart in it but be, be hard on yourself around what needs to happen in order for me to justify continuing to do this because it might not be we're talking drastic about shut it down. It might just be a change of tact. It might be a new product or service. It might be just letting what the current business is doing, just let it do its thing and then you just running an experimental new product or something like that. Most of the great businesses that are running now, their product and service wasn't their core product or service they started with. So if that's a fact, we've got to ask ourselves, maybe I should be doing a few more innovation type things and we should be doing that as a company because that's just the way the game is. You think it's fair, Lana? Very, very much so. Nigel, your thoughts? You've been contemplating a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh Taking it on a wider view, you guys obviously have a particular bent in the way that you interpret and answer this question. Everything you build is to build, to sell or to invest. And that I think for many businesses out there, they're not going to get or that's not their um, plan. So for me, that telling is my business viable will go, you have to be really clear on what your business is supposed to deliver, both financially and personally. If it's not a growth trajectory that you're looking for if it's a balance or if it's a three-day whatever that is if it's delivering against that then it's viable in my opinion if it's not then you start setting those stop losses but you also then have to understand exactly where you are today unemotionally and stand outside of it and go is that delivering against what I said I wanted I think you I, I, I agree with you Nigel and I think if you are that type of person that only needs their business to produce a income for you to live your life so it's not core to your life it's just i'm a freelancer or i'm self-employed person that does this work because frankly if i make this much money i've got enough to support my lifestyle whatever that is but i think there's a discipline around that because there's a hell of a lot of um, self-employed people freelancers and all that that don't make enough that they found a way to make what their new um, business in inverted commas is versus oh well I just don't need to do as many things now because I, I'm never going to be able to make that money. So I think it's not compromising your lifestyle about really regardless of what you want the business to end up being. If you've got no intention of selling it or doing anything like that, all power to you but treat it like a business even if you're self-employed. This is how much this business must earn each year and must pay its CEO which is you. And that has to do year in year out. You don't get the option of going, oh, yeah, but we just had one bad few months because something happened so I just had no income for a few months. That's a very stressful business to be in. So you're going to have to lift what that business needs to make for you each year. So if you have these down times and obviously the one we're in at the moment is a major one from left field. But if you had – when you go on holiday, you get a lot of self-employed people going, it costs me so much because I can't even work. You don't understand. It costs me double. I have to pay for the holiday and – I don't get any income. I go, no, no, that's just your business model. You factor that in. That's got to be the way you look at your business. You can't have it both ways. You have to set those boundaries. 
And I think that's the key to all of this. And as you know, picking up on your point, Nigel, you have to set what that business does and go for it. It doesn't need to be 100 employees. It doesn't need to be tens of millions of dollars. But it needs to have boundaries to make sure that you're not working or putting energy into something that actually is not worth the time and effort for what you want from your lifestyle. You might be better off finding someone else to work for and just having more flexible working hours and taking all the stress of running your own thing out. <laughs> but it's being open to those options. And I think that that's a viable, <laughs> viable, that's a viable question around is your business viable? If you are constantly thinking this would be so much easier if I was working for someone else, do it. If that's where your mindset is and you don't want to keep doing it, it's an opportunity for you to put yourself where you want to be. Yeah, and I mean, I mean we'll just finish off with this is at the moment we've got a lot of viable businesses that outside our inner circle people would say just keep running those and have a good life. But that's not the goal. The goal is to grow something that we have our, our own personal goals and ambitions to try and build. But most people, you know, would be just happy if you could repeat this for 20 years, you'd have an amazing life. But you have to calibrate what that is. It doesn't mean you can't change your mind when you get to a point and go, do you know what, I'm sick of it. Or do you know what, I want to do more. That's okay too. You're allowed to go through each of those stages. But it's being open to that and it's being open to readdressing that. It's not just putting your head down for 20 years, even though that's what it takes. It's head down for 20 years making the adjustments required to maximise your time, effort and resources at each point in time. As soon as you've got that, you become a very powerful business owner because most people are just trying to find something that works and then digging in for their whole career. And that, even if it's in a business structure, you're essentially running it self-employed. And that's where you've got to just make sure you check yourself every so often because I'd hate for anyone to wake up in... 20, 30 years time and go, it's not really what I wanted to do or grow and it becomes too late. Nigel, Lana, really great to chat. I think it's a topic we can pick up in different ways. We might, um, we might, we might bug a few of our people and network around and get their thoughts on it because I think it's a, a really important topic because we all have these thoughts in our mind as we're building any sort of organisation. But thank you for your time, team. Have a, um, a good week and uh, do, do it all again soon.